and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 29. And I have three spooky stories for you today. And story number one comes from Sarah. I've always been able to sense things and have a very strong intuition. I just know things and I can't explain how. I grew up in a house which had a lot of activity. I moved there when I was seven years old and I can remember looking up at the stairs with the sense of someone watching me from the top. We had a fire in our lounge but it was always cold. I would always hear banging and footsteps. One day I was home alone and I could hear someone crying and then someone walking around upstairs. I quickly ran outside. My mum must have been sensing something as well as we soon got the house blessed by someone we knew who was a medium. She said two ladies lived there and didn't want to leave. They look over the banister at the top of the stairs sometimes. When I became a teenager, things turned up a notch for me and I would wake up in the middle of the night and see or sense a man in my room. Sometimes he would lay in the bed next to me and I would scream and wake everyone in the house up. At this time of my life, I was too scared to even try and talk to him. As time went on, I met my husband and we did the usual stuff of going out clubbing and the man seemed to go away. In this time, I became more interested in the spiritual side of life, mediumship and spells, you name it, I'm interested in it. The man came back. I would be petrified when I woke up. I decided to connect with him through meditation one night and I saw images of myself as a nurse in the French war trying to save this man. I joined a psychic circle to help develop my senses and also for enjoyment. When we were all in meditation, someone said to me, you were in the French war as a nurse and a man is attached to you and then you tried to save him but couldn't and he can't accept that he is dead. We spoke to him and everything has been pretty quiet on that front. My friend died of an epileptic fit when I was 18. I was in my mid-twenties living in a flat on my own. I woke up at around 5am but was pretty sleepy. I saw someone open my bedroom door and it was her. My room seemed to fill with sunshine. She walked over to the side of the bed I was sleeping on and stood there, then she walked out through the door of my room again. I must have dozed back to sleep and woke up feeling so happy, it was a lovely experience. When I went into my lounge a candle was lit, which I know I would never leave a candle lit as I checked them several times before I go to bed. I didn't feel scared. I was so happy. That medium circle is so specific. So you had this meditation where you were like, right, I was a nurse in a French war. I was nursing this guy. And then you go to a medium circle and somebody turns around and says to you, you were in the French war as a nurse and a man is attached to you. Fucking hell, that is so specific. And it's lovely to hear of stories where a loved one comes back to visit and it just leaves you filled with joy and happiness and sunshine and waking up feeling like oh everything is good they're okay I'm happy those stories are great and story number two comes from Joni my mom's family is full of empaths and spiritual people I've always been sensitive to feelings and emotions of people and places even before I realized what it was that I was experiencing. I've had a lot of experiences that I could share with you, but this one is the freakiest. I was in fifth grade when my mom and I lived in Hannibal, Missouri. Her boyfriend also lived with us. We lived in a little rental house that had zero halls. It was very tiny. 
I always slept with one bedroom door open. From my bed, I could see the front door in the living room. I remember that it was a Saturday night because the next day I was going to go to church with my grandma. I woke up at some point in the middle of the night to use the bathroom. The house was completely dark. As I opened my eyes, I could make out a cloaked black figure, filled in like it had a body, but it was hovering off the ground maybe six inches and had no face. Its arms were folded into each other. It was standing in front of the house door. I could feel it staring at me intently. I had to go to the bathroom so bad that there was no option to squeeze my eyes shut and hide under my protective layer of blankets. We kept staring at each other as I slowly got out of bed and walked to my doorway. I put my back to the wall and began sliding to the left towards the bathroom, never taking my eyes off it. Its head turned slowly, following me. As soon as I got to the bathroom, I closed the door and turned on the light. I took a deep breath, dealt with what needed to be done in there and assumed that the cloaked dude would be gone once I came back out. It wasn't. Even with the little bit of light from the bathroom, it was still there, just staring at me. I could feel it was trying to intimidate me and it was doing one hell of a good job. I put my back flat to the wall and slid my way past my room, getting closer and closer to it, trying to get to my mom's room. All the while, its head is turning, following me. As I reached my mom's room, we were only maybe three feet apart. I skittered across to her room, to her side of the bed, and knelt down beside her. I whispered, Mom, the devil is in the living room. In her sleepy haze, she asked me what I was talking about. I told her about what I saw and what happened. She was annoyed with me and told me nothing was out there and to go and flip the light on in the living room and I'd see there was nothing there. Then she went back to sleep. I walked back to the entrance of her room, reached my hand around the corner, praying the thing didn't grab my hand and flipped the switch on. The room filled with light so I peeked around the doorframe and it was gone. I sat with the light on in the living room until I started to fall back asleep but even then, when I went back to my bedroom, I left the light on in the living room. Although I have experienced many things since then, I've never seen that thing again. The next morning, my mother did believe me and asked me more about it. I told her I didn't want to go to church, but she said if I saw something like that, I needed to go so it doesn't have power over me, so I did. Reason number 4042 not to have children. Waking, them waking you up in the middle of the night going, Mom, <laughs> the devil's in the living room. I'd be like, you know what? Go, go on in. Let him take you to hell. Because I'm not being woken up like that. This is a strange one because usually it's a blink and it's gone kind of scenario with stuff like that, with cloaked figures and whatever. But this seemed like a props or proper proper standoff. You were going for a wee no matter what. That guy was going to stand there staring at you no matter what. And fair play to your bravery or to your bladder for forcing you to confront that and just go for that go for that wee. I don't know what I would have done. I don't know what I would have done. And story number three comes from Brian. Growing up, I did not live in what I would consider to be an extremely active or chronically haunted house. However, there were a few sporadic, frightening incidents in that house that I cannot explain in my mind. The first incident happened when I was around 13. I was alone doing homework at my desk that was tucked into the bottom corner of my two-story house when I started hearing footsteps above me on the second floor. These could not be mistaken for mere creaks. 
They were distinct footsteps. I was terrified because I was absolutely sure that I was the only person in the house. The footsteps were loud enough that I could tell where in the house they were. I heard them move through the upstairs hallway, then they made their way down the stairs. Once down the stairs, the footsteps started coming towards the room that I was in. With whatever it was coming closer and closer to me, I was still at my desk freaking out. What the fuck was walking through my house? Finally, the steps reached the open door to the room that I was in and stopped. My back was to the door and I did not dare to turn around to see what it was. I was way too terrified of this creature or ghoul or intruder to face it. After what felt like ages, I heard the footsteps yet again, this time going away from me, reversing its original route. They went back towards the foyer, up the stairs, down the upstairs hallway and terminated in the room above me where they had begun in the first place. To this day I have no idea what it was or what, if anything, I would have seen if I'd had the courage to turn around when it was in the doorway behind me. But hey, at least it's a good, true, scary story to tell. Yes, Brian, at least you survived to, to, to tell the tale and that we can all have a listen to it and get suitably freaked out by it. What would you have seen if you turned around? That's the big question. I think footsteps are so terrifying because it's always that thing of, is there somebody in the house with me that I don't know about? And if there is, what the fuck are their intentions? But then the other side of that is, is there something paranormal in the house that I also don't know about? And if so, if I turn around, what am I going to see? What What is it that I'm going to see? Am I going to see nothing? Is that worse? Or am I going to see a spectral image? Which one is it going to be? Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Sarah, Joni and Brian for sending in your stories. Remember, if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. If you want to check out the website, you can do so on reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can subscribe to patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad free. And on that note, I will see you tomorrow. <laughs>